Hey, hey, what's going on, everyone? And welcome back into the Above the Rim podcast. This is Tuesday, August 11th, and I am pumped up. It's a beautiful day here in Longmont, Colorado. The mountains look beautiful. Just an absolute gorgeous day. I hope everyone had an awesome weekend. I know I did. Watching basketball all weekend. Oh, it's been great. It has been absolutely fantastic. And if you watched basketball this weekend, you know that this weekend's games were absolutely phenomenal. And look, this is where I'm going to start for today. Look, Adam Silver and the NBA deserve a ton of credit. I'm watching everything with college football going on right now. I've seen everything going on with Major League Baseball and every all the disaster that's going on with this COVID and how do they move on with their seasons. A lot of them choosing not to move on. The fact that we even have basketball during this pandemic and the fact that we are actually going to get an NBA playoffs is absolutely amazing. I'm watching these other conferences and these commissioners. They do not know what to do. They don't know how to handle this. But Adam Silver has handled this like a champion. Look, to me, you can take Roger Goodell all you want. But to me, Adam Silver is the best commissioner in sports. And he continues to prove it. Look, this bubble, everyone got into this bubble. I believe it was like July 9th or 10th. I know that's when the Lakers got there. And we have not had one positive COVID test. We did have a player go out to Atlanta Strip Club, get some wings. Old Lemon Pepper Lou, as Shannon likes to call him. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We had that happen. But overall, the way that Adam Silver has done this, has been amazing and I was concerned from the get-go and I just I want to start here because I don't think the NBA has gotten enough credit for what they've done when we're looking at a fall potentially without any sports now look NFL says they're going to go on who knows we're potentially looking at no sports in the fall though and what Adam Silver has done not a lot of people are talking about it but he has made basketball possible and look with no fans and everything of that nature, I was concerned. I was like, you know, I don't know how the NBA is going to do it. I think it might be weird. It might look weird. But Adam Silver in the NBA has actually made it work visually. It looks great on the TV. It does. And I cannot even tell. Look, you can call the pumped up crowd noise cheesy. I know a lot of people will. I don't think it's cheesy. I actually like it. It feels like an NBA game, at least to the viewer watching at home. It makes it feel normal. I would like to know what it feels like to the players if they think it's cheesy. But the pumped in crowd noise, to me, just makes the game feel normal because a lot of the times when you're watching the games, you can't see the fans anyway besides whoever's on the floor there on that baseline. That's really all you can see. So to me, it hasn't really been that big of a difference. And look, the NBA, they waited about a few days to pump in some crowd noise. I think they were like, they were questioning whether or not it was a good idea, whether or not people would like it. And then they finally went through with it. And I actually really like the way it's turned out. I like the virtual fans. I like when they show the celebrities on there. Like we saw Shaq on there. I think he fell off of his seat during one of the games this weekend. It's just been a joy to watch, and I think Adam Silver deserves all the credit in the world for what he's been able to do with the bubble. Because I mean, look at these other look at these other conferences, look at these other sports, look at these other commissioners. No one can figure it out. They're canceling seasons, they're moving seasons to the spring. Who knows what's going on? Adam Silver had to do this in the middle of a season, mind you. These are conferences, or not conferences, excuse me. These are sports and sports commissioners who haven't even started a season yet, and they can't figure out what to do or how to make this work. Adam Silver had to do this in the middle of a pandemic, right smack dab in the middle, where right in the middle of his season, sports were canceled. And just the phenomenal job that he's done all year. Look, handling the David Stern death. Obviously, David Stern, one of the best commissioners in sports as well when he was there. He made the NBA what it is. Make no mistake about it. And Adam Silver's just making it better as he goes on. 
And then you have the death of Kobe and then the pandemic. And what do you do now? You know, you can't waste LeBron's 17th season. He has such a great 17th season. You can't waste it. What Adam Silver has done is phenomenal. And I don't think he gets enough credit. I don't think he gets enough credit. Excuse me. And I think we should be heaping praise upon him because this might be the only sports, the only sports playoff that we potentially see all year. So let's heap praise around Adam Silver. He's done a fantastic job so far up to this point. All right, and now that we got that out of the way, let's get into some basketball. Look, I have a great show for you guys today. And really where I want to start is not where a lot of people start, but it is where I want to start because, look, I watched the games this week, and I watched Luka. I watched Jokic. They played amazing. And, look, they just amaze me more than the average NBA player. And this is why players like that amaze me. Look, Doncic and Jokic they're not the most athletic. Like when you look at them, they're the most unassuming ballers that you can find. They don't look like ballers. They're not athletic, but here's the thing with them. They get to where they want on the court. And it amazes me because so much of today is built on flash and it's built on power. Like look at Zion Williamson. Look how excited people are about Zion. Look at LeBron. We love that raw, just that raw athleticism, that raw power, that raw skill. The thing about Dodgers and Jokic is they don't have any of that. All they have is skill. That's all of their games are based upon is skill. So players like that really amaze me. And look, Doncic is coming. He is going to be a future MVP. And I watched that Bucks game. He was unbelievable. He's putting up LeBron numbers in year two. People forget that this guy, I believe, is only 21 years of age. And he's doing this in the NBA. It is quite astonishing. I think Doncic is going to be one of the best players in the world in a few years. And, I mean, these guys are the exact opposite of Flash. Look, Jokic and Doncic, they're not flashy. Even though, you know, ESPN tries to maybe paint Doncic in that way, he's not like that. That's not his personality, and neither is Jokic. Look, I live in Denver, or not in Denver, I live in Longmont, I live in Colorado. So anyone who lives here knows that Jokic is not the flashy player. And really, these players, to me, are just a breath of fresh air because, like I said, we get so caught up in the dunks and all this athleticism, all these guys, all this athleticism. And we forget that, you know, basketball takes just as much skill as it does athleticism. And when you don't have athleticism, you can make up for it with your skill. Look, I'm looking at Doncic. His vision on the court is flat out outstanding. And what he can do on the court, what he's done since he's entered the league. As a rookie last year, he took the league by storm. And look, I think that also has a lot to do with he's been playing pro basketball since he was 16. Now, look, overseas, pros aren't the same as they are in the U.S. Of course, everybody knows that. Nobody's trying to say that. But the point is, since he was 16, since he was a kid, He's been playing with grown men out there, and he's dominated the basketball game. So, look, Dallas is in very good hands with him. And I got to say, I watched Jokic this weekend, and I got to talk about Jokic because he is really something else. The footwork of Jokic. Look, the footwork of Jokic is just outstanding. I think it would make Kevin McHale even smile. It might honestly be the best footwork of anybody in the NBA since a Kevin McHale who was just a magician with his footwork. And Jokic is something like that as well. I'm watching the game this weekend against the Jazz and Jokic does about six pump fakes. Okay, he's picked up his dribble. He does about six pump fakes and still baits Gobert into a foul. If that's not skill, I don't know what is because if you watch Jokic, he's not quick. He's not any of that. He's not athletic. He's not quick. Sometimes he was a little chunky before the bubble, but he lost all that weight. I think it'll serve him well, but he was chunky before. 
what is, what just amazed me about most of these guys is without all that athleticism that we usually see, they still get to their spots on the court very easily, and they still dominate the game. And Jokic, I got to say, for a big man, it is quite, quite rare to see that type of vision on a big man. I mean, I'm seeing this guy. He could play point guard. I'm serious. I think the Nuggets right now, if they want to have a chance to win this, what they've been doing in this bubble is that he's got to play point forward, which means you got to put him on the elbow and you got to let him generate offense because he's passing the cutters. Him and Michael Porter Jr. have a chemistry that is like none I've ever seen before right off the bat like that. And it's all because of Jokic's vision. A player with that type of vision can play with any type of player. You're not ever going to have a problem teaming Jokic up with somebody, whether whether they have different styles or not, because that type of vision is what's going to get the nugget. That's what carries the nuggets there. And I think they're in great hands with Jokic, just like Dallas is with Doncic. And look, these guys just really impressed me. I mean, if you watch them this weekend, they're coming. I don't think Jokic gets enough respect. Of course, Doncic does. He's in the spotlight a lot, a lot. Excuse me. So a lot of people love Doncic. A lot of people talk about him. He's always on ESPN, of course. But Jokic, he gets none of that national respect. But all he continues to do is ball. And I'm looking at how unorthodox his style is. How hard is it to guard someone who can shoot a fadeaway off their right foot when they're right-handed? You usually see players, look, if they're right-handed, you see LeBron, you see KD, they go to that turnaround fade, they're jumping off their left foot. Not Jokic. This guy will go off of his right foot. It's so unorthodox. It's so skilled. It just amazes me. These players amaze me. I don't think they get enough credit. I think maybe Doncic does, but Jokic definitely not. And I just really wanted to explain why I really, really like these players and why they're overlooked. I think nowadays, look, we're getting more and more into the flash. So the skill of the game's getting lost, especially in the United States. But we're seeing it overseas. The skill of the game is not lost overseas. They that's that's what they start teaching their players from from ground zero is they start teaching them things like footwork, which is the difference with the U.S. We don't teach them things like that. We teach them like get in the weight room. Oh, if you're athletically gifted, you can make it. Overseas, it's a different ball game. It's nowhere near as good as the U.S., don't get me wrong, but they really focus on skills. And Jokic and Doncic have a lot of skill. Jokic might be one of the most skilled big men I've ever seen play the game of basketball. Whatever happens this year, the Nuggets and the Mavericks have to feel extremely good about their futures because of Luka and because of Jokic. And look, I got to say, a lot of these teams that we're picking, like there's a lot of teams that could be favorites. A lot of people say the Clippers, the Lakers, the Bucks. Favorites or not, it doesn't matter. If you're in the Western Conference, I don't really think you want any part of Luka and you don't want any part of Jokic and the Nuggets. Like Those are two teams. If those guys get going, if they have one of those series then those teams could beat you. So I don't think the Clippers or the Lakers in the Western Conference are really running up to try to play the Nuggets or the Mavericks, which it looks like it will be the Clippers playing them in the first round. And look, that is going to be a tough series for the Clippers because Doncic is going to be a tough man to handle, especially come playoff time. You have someone that controls the pace like that, someone that controls the game like that. It's going to be tough on the Clippers, and it's going to be tough for anyone who has to play both of these teams. Trust me on that. Whew. I just had to get that off of my chest because I do not think Jokic gets the respect he deserves, especially on all these networks that talk about basketball he's never talked about. He is the best center in the league. I don't care. I will take him over Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's got too many immaturity issues. Jokic deserves more respect. 
All right, now with that out of the way, look, I want to go to reaction to some of the last night's game. Obviously, the Suns improved to 6-0 in the bubble. DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker have been fantastic. And look, they're really playing with house money. No one expected the Suns to do anything. No one's expecting them to make the playoffs. So they really came into this bubble suiting up for next year, even though with their play, they do have a chance to get in the playoffs. But like I said, they came in pressure-free. No one was picking them. It was more just like, let's get going for next year. Let's just let it fly. That's exactly what Booker has done. He has let it fly. He's been phenomenal in this bubble. So has DeAndre Ayton, and the Suns are a team that's coming. Trust me. Like It may be a few years. It may be even still a year or two, but this is a team that's coming. When DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker fully grow up in the NBA and they fully get that body, and especially DeAndre Ayton. Look, he's a rookie. Devin Booker, we know who he is. He's nasty on the basketball court. He can give you 50. He's given, he's given you 70. I mean, he is nasty with the basketball. He can put it in the hole. That is what he does. Look, there's some players in the NBA that are just professional scorers. And that, my friends, is Devin Booker. You should just put that next to his name. Professional scorer. If you need a bucket, he's going to give it to you, especially in the crunch time. He is as clutch as they get. Now, look, DeAndre, and he's the guy you got to watch out for. He's the rookie, or not the rookie. He's in the second year, I believe. He's got to kind of grow into his body, but you're seeing it now. You see why the Suns picked him number one. He's played absolutely fantastic in this bubble, and with their play, they have a chance. Don't look now, but they have a chance to get into the playoffs and possibly that tournament. Watch out for the Suns in the future for sure. But with that, I'd like to switch gears to another game that happened last night. It was the Raptors and the Bucks. Look, obviously, Giannis didn't play. That's disappointing, but I think we'll see a lot of that coming up this week, especially with the playoffs around the corner. A lot of these top-seeded teams aren't going to play their guys, or if they do play their guys, they're not going to play them for very long. That's just what it is. You have to wait for the playoffs. But I do think last night was actually a preview of the Eastern Conference Finals. I do have the Raptors making it. I just love what they're made of, and I love their coach. Nick Nurse is as underrated as they come. I'm looking at him, and I'm wondering, is he the next Popovich? Is he that guy because the game plan he devised against Giannis last year was absolutely incredible. And I just love what Nick Nurse does. Look, this team has no superstars. Pia Pascal Siakam, you can obviously argue, look, he's coming. Of course he is, but he's not a superstar. So he's doing this with a lot of great veteran savvy players. And that's what I love about this team. Just savvy veteran players that know how to play the game of basketball. They know how to stop someone like Giannis. And really, the Raptors are made to stop someone like Giannis. And last night, Milwaukee losing the Raptors, it just brought up more questions. Of course, no Giannis. So what I really have a question for Milwaukee is, what are you without Giannis? And last night, I was looking forward. I was like, maybe we can see what they are. We can see what Middleton has. Middleton, he didn't really, he didn't surprise me last night. He didn't impress me. There was nothing too impressive about his performance. And that whole team didn't really impress me. Look, they came back at the end of the game, but just not impressed overall. I think that team is Giannis or bust, and I have them going to the finals, so obviously, I just think Giannis is that big of a prime time player that he'll overcome all those things. And they're just, they're Giannis or bust. You know what I mean? That's just what I see from the Bucks, and that's concerning to me, especially from a team. Another thing I'm concerned about, excuse me here, as I go into this, I just thought about it. Another thing I'm concerned about, well, I'm watching the, the Bucks in the bubble. This is the number one defensive team in the league, I believe, and they've struggled in the bubble. I'm watching games where they're giving up over 100 points left and right. 
And that that should be really concerning for the Bucks, especially a team that hangs their hat on the defensive end like they do. So last night, I come away with a lot more question about the Bucks than I wanted to, but I still have them going to the finals. It will be tough because I think the Raptors will stand in their way. And for whatever reason, the Raptors have proven to be the Bucks kryptonite. That could be a reason why Budenholzer decided not to play Giannis last night. Look, he wants Giannis to be confident. If he has another struggling game against the Raptors, can he really be confident going into that playoff series? Who knows? So little game of chess being played by Budenholzer. I like it, though, because I think it's good. I think the Raptors do have their number, but I think they will break through this year. We'll just have to wait and see, though, because who knows? The Raptors might not even make it. They're just my pick. They're getting overlooked by a lot of teams. I just like what they have, man. And Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse is something special. I think he's a very underrated coach. We got to start putting him in the conversation for the best coaches in the league, for sure. He deserves that respect. All right, now let's get to the game of the night last night. Of course, that was the Lakers and the Nuggets. They had a 7 o'clock tip-off last night. I watched the whole game, and... I would be lying to you guys if I said I wasn't a little concerned. There are some things about the Lakers play in this bubble that just concerns me. And I go back and forth on it. Look, I'm like, this is an old team. This is a veteran team. So it would make sense that it takes them a little longer to get going in a situation like this. But I've seen enough from this offense that has me concerned. And especially from the defense. We're talking about a great defensive team in the regular season. They just have not played good in this restart look obviously the lakers got the win 124 121 but when you look at it lebron james played 38 minutes of that game anthony davis played 38 minutes of that game the nuggets didn't play their starters the whole fourth quarter when you look at that it becomes a little less impressive and i am concerned I'm concerned because I don't know what to make of Kyle Kuzma. During the regular season, he wasn't that third guy. But during the bubble, he showed, obviously, he showed times where he can be. He's played magnificent in the bubble. One thing I've noticed about him in the bubble is he's been a lot looser. He's not as tight. It seems like he knows his role. It seems like LeBron and AD maybe sat down with him and told him he's got to be that third guy. He's a lot more aggressive, but still, he's erratic. That's the way I can explain Kyle Kuzma. He's talented, but he's very erratic. You never know what you're going to get. He's streaky, but also in the same sense, just when someone's streaky, when it's going good, they're like that when it's going bad, and it can go bad for a while. I just don't know if you can trust him. And this offense has just not looked good in the bubble. Obviously, they're getting together the last few games. LeBron's definitely got it together. But overall, there's not a lot of people that can create their own shot on this offense. And that's why you heard LeBron last night after the game say, Kyle Kuzma is going to be one of the most important pieces of this team. We do not win a title if Kyle Kuzma does not become that third guy for us. He actually said that after last night's game. So it lets you know how important Kyle Kuzma is. And look, in the, in the league of duos, the third guy is really important. All we got right now is a league of duos, dynamic duos may that be, but if the third guy doesn't show up, then any team's in trouble, just like the Clippers. Kawhi and Paul George can show up all they want, but if Lou Williams don't show up, if he has a bad series, it's bad for them. Same with the Lakers. LeBron and AD can show up, but if Kyle Kuzma has a bad series, they could lose. It goes like that with any team right now. And I think LeBron saying that about Kuzma last night, I think it'll give Kuzma confidence because it lets him know, look, one of the greatest players of all time is counting on you. Also, what I think will give him confidence is that Frank Vogel called that shot for him. He called that last second shot specifically for Kuzma. You have a team that's with LeBron James. Of course, everyone thinks LeBron's going to take that last shot. Everyone thinks the play is going to be drawn up for him, and he makes a decision on who shoots it. 
But that's not what Frank Vogel did. He decided to give Kuzma the confidence of, you know what? You take the last shot. And if you make it, it's going to be great for us because I think Kuzma's confidence is going to skyrocket off of that. And I think it can only do good things. Not only will Kuzma's confidence Excuse me. Not not only will Kuzma's confidence go up, but LeBron James's confidence in Kuzma will also go up, which will only be good for the Lakers in the long run because LeBron has got to trust Kuzma down the stretch of games. And look, I don't know if Kuzma's going to start. I don't know what Frank Vogel's plans is for him, but if he's not going to start, he's got to play a starter's minutes. He's got to play at least 35 minutes, in my opinion, because he is that next guy that can create a shot and get streaky. He's that guy for that team. He is the third player. So you need to play him the requisite amount of minutes for him to be that guy. Now, also one thing about the Lakers that I thought was good for them was that Deion Waiters, I've said it all bubble. He has been a revelation because he is the only person on that Lakers bench that can score the rock and create their own shot. So he's going to become ultra important. I don't know why J.R. Smith hasn't played too much in the bubble. That concerns me a little bit. I don't know if maybe his defense is lacking. Maybe he's just not hitting shots in practice. Whatever the case may be, I think jr has got to play more. And look, the Lakers, if they want to get past these struggles, I know Anthony Davis doesn't want to do it. I know it was contingent upon him coming here but he has got to play center. I'm watching the game when JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard are in there with Anthony Davis. LeBron James has no room to operate. LeBron James is not a three-point shooter. He's not a mid-range scorer. He needs to get to the hoop. And if you have two big men clogging up the lane, it makes it that much harder for him to do so. And I've seen a lot of that in this NBA restart. I've seen a lot of it's hard to get to the lane because there's too many big guys in there. Anthony Davis is going to have to play center whether he likes it or not. And I think that's good for his offense you see last night when you give him the ball down low every team in the playoffs is going to double team anthony davis especially at the elbow he is not a perimeter player if you're going to double team him at the elbow then he, what he needs to do is get to the block and last night you saw that he gets real down low into the paint and when he does that and he makes quick decisions he's one of the best players in the nba when he wants to play this perimeter game it's off and on he can't do that if the lakers want to win a championship Anthony Davis has got to be a bully inside, and he's got to dominate. I think we saw little flashes of that last night. We'll see if it continues. But look, I'm a little concerned. I'm a Laker fan. I'm a little concerned. I haven't been up to this point, but now I'm starting to get there. Now, I'm not jumping off the ship. No way, no how. Look, this ship may have some holes in it, but I am that much of a believer in LeBron that he can plug these holes up come playoff time, and I'm not jumping out of the ship. And I don't think a lot of people who picked the Lakers should either at this point because one thing we know about LeBron James is in the playoffs, he didn't make it there last year, granted, of course, but in the playoffs, LeBron James is about the surest bet you can have. We're talking eight straight finals before last year. The last eight times this man has went to the playoffs, he's gotten to the finals. So that should tell you something right there. He is the surest bet in sports, and I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Eight straight finals is ridiculous. We saw the Warriors run out of gas last year, and they didn't make anywhere close to eight straight finals. So you're talking about someone who is possibly the second best player of all time or the best player of all time, depending how you look at it. Everyone looks at it differently. Who knows? Who cares? It to each zone. You know what I'm saying? But you got to put your faith in LeBron, and that's why I'm basing this off. That's what I'm basing this off. I'm not jumping off ship yet because I want to see what happens in the playoffs because I know LeBron James in the playoffs is one of the surest bets in sports. 
if eight straight finals appearances in the playoffs isn't enough to convince you of LeBron's dominance in the playoffs, then maybe this will be. In 2018, we all remember that horrible Cavs team LeBron had to play with in 2018. Well, look what he did last time LeBron was in the playoffs. He only averaged 33 nine rebounds and nine assists per games. He posted seven 40-point games and hit two buzzer beaters to win the game. So if you have doubts about LeBron in the playoffs at this point, I can't help you because he is absolutely the surest bet of any player in the NBA in the playoffs. It just That's just the way it is. Whether you love him or you hate him, that's the way it is. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. So... Of course, I'm not hitting the panic button on the Lakers. No way would I do that until I see what they look like in the playoffs. But I am a little concerned about the Lakers, of course, as anybody would be at this point. But of course, now with that out of the way, let's get into the last segment of the show, and that is the race for the eighth seed in the West continues. The Grizzlies, the Trailblazers, and the Suns are locked in an amazing race to see who gets that eighth seed, who gets the right to play the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs. Obviously, the Trailblazers are the most dangerous team. We'll see what happens there. But the Grizzlies and the Trailblazers, look at the Grizzlies' next two games. They got the Celtics and the Bucks. The Trailblazers' next two games, they got the Mavs and the Nets. And the Suns, who have surprisingly played their way into possibly getting that eighth seed. Look, they've played well. They're undefeated so far. Their next two games are the 76ers and the Mavs. 76ers probably without Ben Simmons, probably without Joel Embiid. Great chance there. And then by the time they play the Mavs, probably no chance Luka or Chris stops plays. So good chance there. The Grizzlies, though, they got the Celtics and the Bucks. We don't know about the Celtics if they'll play their guys. We know that the Bucks probably won't by the time they play. And like I said, the Trailblazers, the Mavs, and the Nets, we don't know about Luka that first game. And the Nets will probably play all their guys because they're running out of guys since so many guys are out of this. Right now, if I had to guess, I would guess that the Suns and the Trailblazers play that play-in tournament to see who gets that eight seed and who gets to play the Lakers, which would be phenomenal. I think that'd be a great game. And Devin Booker's coming, Damian Lillard, that'd be a star set of game. DeAndre Ayton, CJ McCollum, Carmelo Anthony. I would love to see it. So I think the Suns and the Trailblazers, I got them going into the play-in situation to see who makes it. It'll be a really fun race to the end, though. I'll tell you that. I'm going to be paying attention to all three of these teams because I really like the wrinkle Adam Silver put in here. The little play-in tournament. Obviously, it was because Dame said if he has nothing to play for, he's not going to play. So we had to critique it a little bit. But in, during a pandemic, during the coronavirus times, I don't think it's that bad. I love what Adam Silver did. And I do think we'll get the Suns versus the Trailblazers for that play-in there. And I couldn't be any more excited. And with that, I do want to say, look, this week, it's been a great watching basketball. But I will say to everyone, expect a lot of the top-seeded teams to rest their guys this week. Obviously, playoffs start Monday. You want to go in there healthy. So I would just expect a heavy dose of rest for a lot of these top players on the top-seeded teams going into the playoffs, as we've already seen this week so far. But, of course, that'll do it for me here today. Join me again Thursday for another great podcast where we talk about everything that happened Tuesday and Wednesday and maybe some other things along the way. But, as always, thank you guys for joining me. And until next time. And if you guys like this episode and this podcast, don't forget to follow it on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And, like I said, we'll see you here next time. Thank you guys very much.